Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You mean when you stand before God and you see his nail-scarred hands? And he says to what what did you do at the time and did you volunteer at the church? Did you help with the poor in the community? Did did you give of your resources? Well, not really. I just wanted to get to heaven. You think that'll be a great answer? You think you'd be happy with that response? No. You weren't created to live for you. You were created to live for God. That's why you're still here. For some of us, enthusiasm and drive seems to be something that only other people have. From time to time, we might accomplish something great, but we can feel like it pales in comparison to others. A particular area where many of us struggle with this is when it comes to serving the Lord. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark reflects on how we were created to serve and love God much more than receiving simple rewards Pastor Mark teaches us how our service to God should be out of gratefulness for the salvation we've received. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Right Giving, Praying, Fasting. First Corinthians, watch me. First Corinthians says, don't even go there, listen. That when I stand before God, he has this like super video. And we just go through. He says, Balmer, you didn't, you didn't use your time wisely there. You know what? Instead of praying, instead of studying, you did watch that golf tournament for too many hours. Oh, come on. And as your motive is wrong. You gave to that person, you gave because you wanted them to know. And you wanted the whole church to know. So the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3 that those things that are done with the wrong motive, wood, hay, stubble, burned up. So I enter heaven, but all of those, gone. No reward. Some rewards. But then it says some people will enter heaven with, they'll enter heaven, but no rewards. None. Now, as you do and you think about that, that's why these next three statements. All Christians will be happy in heaven. Well, Pastor Mark, if if everything I've done is wrong motive and it gets all burned, how can I be happy? Well, let me share with you. Some will receive greater rewards than others. How many of you graduated from high school? Let me see your hand. Okay. Okay. How many graduated as valedictorian of your class? Man, we got a dumb group here. What happened? (laughs) There's a couple of you. I know you don't want to get your reward. I mean, come on, just raise your hands. All right, we'll give you a high five right now. It's okay. You see, I mean, how many of you glad you graduated from high school? Hallelujah. 
Well, we'll see, some of us are going to be glad we're in heaven. And it's just going to be different degrees. You say, well, if I'm standing next to somebody and they, they got these crowns all over them and I got this little beanie over here, I'm going to be like jealous. No, there's no sin in heaven, so there can't be any jealousy in heaven. You can relax. Wear your little beanie and we'll do like this with it. So all Christians will be happy in heaven. Some will receive greater rewards than others. Some will just get into heaven without any rewards. You say, Pastor Mark, all I care about is just sliding into heaven. That's fine with me. I don't care about any rewards. Really? You mean when you stand before God and you see his nail-scarred hands... And he says to you, what what did you do with the time? And the, did you volunteer at the church? Did you help with the poor in the community? Did, did you give of your resources? Well, not really. I just wanted to get to heaven. You think that would be a great answer? You think you'd be happy with that response? No. You weren't created to live for you. You were created to live for God. That's why you're still here. So rewards. Let me give you three rewards this morning. What are rewards like? Here they are. Paul says to Timothy, speaking about spiritual exercise and physical exercise. Physical exercise is good. But he says in First Timothy 4, spiritual exercise is more important for it promises a reward in both, reward, reward in both this life and the next. That means there's going to be some rewards from God because I do things right with the right motive here on this earth. God's going to reward me. We also saw in our teaching God rewards us openly. So there'll be some things I'll get here. There'll be some things I get in heaven. Now I want you to think about this. Would you rather have a reward for 30 or 40 years here or a reward for a gazillion years there? That's like a no-brainer. Okay, second. Sometimes our rewards will be spiritual. Sometimes they'll be physical. And we'll go through that. Let's talk about the three kind of rewards. If I do the right things for God and I do them with the right motive... What kind of rewards do I get? Let me talk about three. Quick. Number one. One reward is satisfaction. You see, you were built and I was built to do something and do it well with excellence. And when you finish that, mowing the lawn, sewing, doing the dishes, cleaning up the kitchen, preparing a Thanksgiving dinner, getting your kids off, what what to school, whatever. When you do it well, you kind of sit back and go, wow, this is great. I mean, not perfect. If you're that way, you'll never be satisfied with anything. Just doing it best you could. Well, I, I feel really good about that. That's satisfaction. That's contentment. That's huge as a reward. When I leave on a weekend, I try to say to God, well, I, I did the best I could, and I hope people understood it, and I, and I hope their lives were changed, God. I feel, sometimes I feel tired, but sometimes I feel full of energy. Amazing when I leave. I'm a little wiped out, but not really because I was created to do this. This morning I got up, my wife uh, said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to go out and walk and do a little running at 6 a.m. She said, are you crazy? You're getting ready to teach for two times. I said, no, I just want to talk to God. So I just went out and ran a little bit because I couldn't wait to get here to teach you. Why? Because I was made to do that. And see, I try to do it, never, never always obviously do it with the excellence, but I try to do it with excellence. And when I finish, I have the reward of satisfaction. Okay, I did the best I could. And you're the same. How does all this happen? This week on Wednesday night, I said to the ushers, hey, we're going to need some more people. We're going to put some people in the balcony. We're going to have people parking way over here at the school. They're going to have to walk or whatever. And they worked at it and got it all placed. And there's people up there handling it. And they did a great job. Parking people did a great job. Terrific. There's satisfaction. 
What's the next reward? Now, some of you are going to think this is funky, but watch this. The second reward is this. Another reward is more opportunities, <laughs> that's more satisfaction. See, guy goes, hey, that guy did that pretty good. I'm going to give him more work to do. And you go, I don't want to do a good job then. <laughs> Yesterday, Pastor Dave had two weddings, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. I said to him last night in the service, I hope you got the names right. Hope you got the right people married to who? (laughs) You see, if you're around this office at church with all you people and all, if you watch the people through this place, we do things with excellence. You've heard this in the business world. The business world says this, if you need something done, find a, a busy person to do it. Well, that doesn't even make sense. Yes, it does. See, this one is very biblical. The parable of the talents. Do you remember the parable of talents? Ten, five, and one? What Jesus said to the guy with ten who did them, multiplied them, doubled, he said, more to you. Go for it. I can trust you in the little things, so I'm giving you more responsibility. That's exactly what happens in your life. So if you use your time, your money, your talents, your giftings, your opportunities for God... And you do it well, number one, you get satisfaction and God goes, here's some more. And you get more satisfaction. Now, if you have this like mentality like, I don't want to do nothing for Jesus, you'll never be satisfied in your life. You'll be simply lazy. And God says to you in Proverbs, look at the ant. Here's a word we don't use too often, you sluggard. So the exciting thing is, if I'm faithful in a little, God just keeps giving me more. That's what happens in a church. Faithful with the little details. God blesses you. You get satisfaction. He goes, I can trust you. Here's more. And here's more. And here's more. And it's more and more satisfaction. Number three, he went out time to get into this morning. There are heavenly rewards. All kinds of crowns that we get. So Jesus is going to teach in giving, fasting, and praying. If you do it right, do it with the right motive, you get rewards. Some here, some there, some physical, some spiritual. But they're wonderful, but there's one reward you don't want. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. So the reward of sin is separation from God forever. So when I die, I'm either going to heaven or I'm going to hell. I'm either going to stand before God and be judged for my good works or I'm going to stand before God and be judged for my evil works. Punishment and damnation, grace and enjoyment forever. You don't choose the right, the right gift to accept Jesus Christ. There's your destiny. The reward of sin is separation from God forever. You say, well, that's, that's an unloving God. No, it's a very just God. And that's one of the reasons you're here this morning. And that's one of the reasons Jesus is speaking about rewards as we go through this. Now, look at uh, verse 2, and we're going to talk about this, the discipline of giving. Now, as you think about giving, focus this with me this morning. It's not just money. It is money. But it's also our time and our talents and our opportunities and our giftings. Now... If you don't think money is important, I just got this in between services as I scan the news. Listen to this. Just 10 days before the attacks in Britain, just last week, the pound 
fell 6%. People were shorting the pound in England 10 days before the attacks. Unprecedented in 35 years how it fell. One of the understandings, we don't know if it's true, is that the Osama bin Laden group have inroads, they have money, they knew the attacks were coming, they shorted the pound and made billions before they happened. You don't think money is involved in this world? Amazing, isn't it? Just came over the wire. We don't even know. Scotland Yard is investigating it. So Jesus is going to talk about money because money is power. And God knew it. Look at verse 2. So when, not if, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. In other words, they've received payment. They did it for the accolades of men. They did it for high fives. That's what they got. But when you, say it with me, when you... So you, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand, Jesus says to his disciples, know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, he knows what our motives are, will, he'll reward you. You see, in those days, Jesus knew that the Pharisees were giving Not to really help somebody, that's what alms are, the poor, but to publicly show how generous they were. He uses some hyperbole there. We don't see anywhere in the scriptures where supposedly this Pharisee took this horn and, and made this great show, parading in the streets how righteous they were, how spiritually elite they were. But Spurgeon has a great picture. It's hyperbole, but it's to give us a picture. He says, Spurgeon says, Can you picture a Pharisee with a penny and there's a man out here begging. He's got a penny and the Pharisee's got in one hand a penny and the other hand his trumpet. Clank. That's what Jesus is talking about. We use the term tooting your own horn. You see, in those days, in the temple, well... They had offering plates that were different than ours. You notice the bag that was there this morning that went by for you didn't make a noise. It also is deep down. And it's just quiet going down. So you you could be a great hypocrite this morning. The bag goes by and you go, and you never gave a thing. But everybody goes, wow, really dug deep. Yeah, there was some lint there or whatever. That's about as good as I could do. So in those days, what would happen? We know this from another parable. In, there'd be like this, this jar here, but it was actually a metal uh, offering plate, and it was big at the top, and then it kind of curved and went really small. And the reason it went really small, we know historically, because they couldn't put their hands in it and get it out. What kind of people? But when you put a coin in, it went like this. Bing, 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 bong, 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 bong. And so the Pharisees would come in, you know, like Las Vegas, and get this whole thing. Instead of giving a dollar bill, they'd love a hundred pennies. Bing, 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 Who's that giving over there? Bing, 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 That was them. And the whole time, what was the purpose? Of giving or bing, 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 bing? 
So let's say there's a person who's on the streets. That's where the beggars were. That's what an alm was, giving to the poor. And the Pharisee goes by and he makes this big show of giving an alm to this beggar. What is he looking for? He's looking for three high fives. He's hoping the beggar goes, what? Way to go, man. Thanks so much. Terrific. So the, the Pharisees publicly hoping people go, watch this. And the beggar goes, oh, thank you so much. You got a high five from him. Terrific. That's not the end. Don't let your right know what your left is doing. Now, that's a little funky, isn't it? Do I have to give like this with my eyes closed? Am I right? You can't. You can't do that. What's he talking about? Where's the next high five that the Pharisee's looking for? This one will shock you. It's from himself. See, if nobody even notices me, and I did something really good, even if it's a wrong motive, what do I say to myself? Way to go, Palmer. You did great, Palmer. You really helped the poor, Palmer. So I give myself a high five. You say, well, I don't do that thing. Yes, you do. You're looking to give yourself, you want to be known. If nobody else notices me, way to go, Balmer. So he gets a high five from the beggar. He gives himself a high five because he's pretty proud of himself. And he's looking for one more high five. Who would that be from? So he goes, hey, God. Is there any response? There's no high five from God. Why? Because he's already received his reward. He wanted men to notice him. They did. Case closed. So why do you give? Why do you spend your time? Why do you serve? Hmm. It's challenging, isn't it? Well, how do we handle our time, possessions, money, and talents? How do we do it? I'm going to give you some keys this morning. As we do this, I can't go into depth on giving. It's not really a whole deal on giving. If you don't know how to handle your finances this morning, you need to get into the financial class. You need to get one of these two tapes and just listen to it. We give you details of how things go. If you're new to this church, money, if I could sit with you today and say to you, here's something I learned as a young boy. And my wife learned it. And we passed it on our kids. If you can handle money, you're going to see at the end of chapter 6, Jesus says you can't serve God and money. If you can handle money this morning in a godly way, God will reward you in so many other ways. And so if you're here and you're thinking, well, like maybe this stuff is about giving to the church and all that, relax. It's not about that at all. And you're going to see as we go through. But get you those tapes. Just stand in line. Get them. Listen to them and begin to change. Let me give you some keys as we move through this this morning. How important is money? Well, I just read you the area about Britain. God uses over 2,000 verses in the t- to talk about money. Jesus himself in the New Testament spoke more about money than heaven or hell. Of the 38 parables Jesus gave, 16 of them deal with money. Now, the problem was, it's a different problem than today. Jesus is addressing the Jews The Jews, by and large, had no problem giving. They gave. But their problem was the motive. You're going to see this morning in America, we have a whole different problem. 
So the Jews gave, they understood the principle of giving. It was very clear to them. So write these first two principles down. Number one, the Jews knew absolutely, without any doubt, that God was the owner of everything. So everything that they had, the Jew had, came from God. Now we know that from a number of verses, but one is Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all that live in it. Now for Christian, if you're Christian here this morning, stop and think. Pastor Mark, I know that verse by, by heart. Good. Are you living by it? Your time, your talent, your gift. You see, if I stand up here in front of you and God removes the anointing from my teaching, we won't worry about the balcony. We won't worry about another parking lot. There will be nobody here. Because I have nothing to offer you except the anointing of God through the teaching of the Word of God. You say, well, I'm a very talented person and I can do it myself. You're a self-made man. Really? Who made you? There are no such self-made men. God made you. And everything you have comes from God. Until you understand that, you won't get life. You will not understand life. So I know that God gave me time. He gave me talents. He gave me giftings. He gave me money. He gives me possessions. He gives me all of those things in my life to use. Now, let me give you a quick illustration. And see if you can be better than the... Early service, they were like, they didn't get it. They were dunces. They finally got it. They just needed more coffee. They needed more coffee. I told them they were dunces. That's right. This is a no-brainer. Here we go. At the end of the service, every one of you that want to take advantage of this offer, I'm going to give you the offer. I'm going to give you $5 million, every single one of you, with only three stipulations. How many would come and take me up on it? What are you waiting for? You don't trust your pastor? Dear God, these people just get in. You're waiting for the stipulations, aren't you? All right, let me give you the stipulations. Every person that lines up after the service, I'm going to give you $5 million. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Over your lifetime, with that $5 million, I want you to do three things. Number one, I want you to give 10% of it Back to God. And then everything you earn off that $5 million, if you invest part of it and you make $100,000, you give 10% of that back to God too. So over your lifetime, you take whatever you have, you give 10% off the top to him, so you put in your pocket $4,500,000. And then anything you make off that, you give back to God 10%. Second, from time to time, God will speak to you and say, here's a missionary needs a little money, offering. And you just give whatever God says. He'll never ask you to give everything. Just give what God says. And third, there'll be some poor people that come in your life. Individuals that are just having a hard time. And God will speak to you and say, give some of your money, alms, to the poor. Now, how many would say that's the greatest offer in the world? Let me see. How many go, I'm not really sure about that offer. Your dunce is like the first group. (laughs) If you could walk out of this church with $4.5 million, are you crazy? And all I have to get back, out of every 100,000, I give back 10,000 to God. What a deal! That's exactly what God has done in your life. For many of us, the idea of rewards in heaven is too far in the future for us to be as enthusiastic as we should be. In today's message, Pastor Mark taught us about the importance of being driven for God's kingdom and glory. In our study, we learned that rather than serving for the sake of rewards, we should be excited to serve the Lord out of gratitude and thankfulness. This is the least we can do for a salvation so great. 
Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will discuss the importance of financial stewardship. In our study, we'll learn how to recognize our blessings as gifts from God and the importance of handling those blessings with wisdom and care. Pastor Mark will also clear up some misconceptions regarding tithes and how we're to make sure our offerings come from a heart of pure intention. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. i